0: Amen. There's something in my in, in my heart about about connections uh, connections connectivity uh, how how one thing leads to another how so much of what we are ultimately to do is connected to what we do now how much of what we're doing now is connected to what we've done before whenever we're in a Whenever we land in a really good place, it's because something preceded that. Many, many big things are preceded by small things. That's why we don't, you know, despise the day of small beginnings. We don't, we don't dismiss what we might think as insignificant to our head as minor steps of faith, steps of obedience, uh, following God's will. Because we never get to what really fulfills us unless we follow some of those other steps. Everybody with me? There are so many things that are tied together. And that's why, uh, that's why we must, uh, again, never dis- dismiss or despise, make light of any activity of God in our lives. Everything that he says and does, everything he leads us to do, I mean you know, Jesus made kind of a big deal of giving a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, yeah, yeah. right? A cup of water. He says, if you do that, you won't lose your reward. Yes. So apparently God's not just looking at like, do-do-do, major, mega, <laughs> mega spectacular fireworks and, and, and great things. He's also looking at the motive of our heart. He's, he's, he's looking at the, you know, the small offering, he, he's looking at our worship when we don't feel like it, right? He, he, there are so many things that really do matter. And if, if, if it by itself doesn't seem monumental or life-changing or far-reaching, uh, it may not be in and of itself. But following that one thing leads to something else, which leads to something else. And, 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 and God is not just interested in just taking someone from one place and then immediately transporting them to the final place. Rather, there are many, many steps from here to there right and so we we value the process we we give reverence to each and every step saying this is important if it 's God it 's important if it 's God that I you know, let me let me say it, let me say it this way if I uh, if, I'm, if I'm led to pray for you that's significant and valuable in and of itself but if I don't pray for you I may never pray for you in other words the Lord may want me to pray for you but he wants me to pray for you first I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense some things that the Lord has planned for my future which is to pray for you and I'm just using prayer as an example Or to pray for you, or to pray for you way down there. The the Lord's got it all mapped out and he sees me doing something significant way way down here, but I'm never going to get to that unless I obey him here. Come on. I pray I obey him here, and then I I obey him here, and I obey him here, and I obey him here, right? And each one of those accumulates, and I might not even be able to to pull off the prayer down there. I may not have the faith to do it. I may not have the preparation, the leading, the experience, the know-how, and leading to the Spirit to do whatever that is down there. But I think, well, I don't need to bother praying for for you. This is small potatoes, right? I'm more of a that kind of prayer. (laughs) That's really what I'm built for. But I'm not ready to do that until I do this and this. And all these things aren't significant in and of themselves, but they lead to something else. See, we miss it when we, we dismiss or we despise some of these other things because in our own minds we've concluded that, you know, they're not super important. Good. Or someone else can handle this. I mean, if it was a big thing, I'd obey God. <laughs> if it was really important. Yeah. Or if it was really, really important, the Lord would tell me in a more significant way. He'd show me in a more spectacular way that I couldn't deny. Well, it's amazing to me how many things of great significance happen in life and in God's plan that start with very small leadings. You yes. think if something's really big, then to it comes with angels, horns, right? <laughs> the ram's horn probably. Uh, it comes with uh, you know spectacular leadings and so forth and No, that's not the case. I mean, the Lord does those things for sure. But so many great and mighty moves of God started with a little inkling, I think I should pray. I think I should get up early today and pray. I think I should stay up late today and pray. I think I should spend a little extra time with the Lord. I just have a leading. I'm supposed to call you for some reason. I'm just going to, I just got this person. They keep coming to my mind. I'm going to call them and see how they're doing. And that connection, it starts the ball rolling. Amen. Amen, amen. You know, I've been teaching, if you've been with us on Sundays, a, a series about the, you know, about the kingdom of God, kingdom rules. And uh, we've been reading each week Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, something that, that really stands out to me and I've been, I've been saying it on some level each week, but even stirs up in me now, even for tonight, is, is the, the importance of that word first. We understand priority. You know, we've expounded on that a little bit. But first means not second. First is different than get it in there. Make sure in all your seeking, you get God in there somewhere. And the absence of order really causes an interruption in God's ultimate plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a truck and you have a trailer with some jet skis or you have a camper or, you know, another kind of trailer a boat or a flatbed or something like that, how many know the thing that's in the front kind of (laughs) matters I mean you got two two vehicles with wheels but one of them can pull the other the other can't if you've got the trailer in front (laughs) you're gonna have a difficult time I would I would uh, I would say this is this is also the case when God's kingdom is first in our lives, we have the engine. In the kingdom of God is the engine. It's capable of pulling everything else. It's capable of pulling family. It's capable of pulling finances. It can pull friendships, right? It can pull the field that you're in career-wise and I said it that way because it has another F. Uh, You didn't get all the F's? (laughs) It just gives me pleasure to do it that way. (laughs) It can pull all those things. But none of those things can pull the kingdom of God. They don't have the engine. They don't have the ability. And we get any of those other things in there, you know, families out front. You know, the world says family first. Family doesn't have the engine. Family can't pull your spiritual life. Can't pull the most important thing is the kingdom of God. You get family out in there in front, your relationship with God will sag <laughs> at best. Yes. Right? Or your career or your, uh, you know, financial things, all, all that kind of stuff. It, it, none of that has the power to pull. Power to pull the rest. But you get the kingdom of God out in, in, in first place, now everything else can come along with it. First, first really matters with God. Amen. Amen. It, it, you know, a lot of us can agree with that in theory, but sometimes we really have to boil that down to practical application. What does it mean for me to seek the kingdom of God first? And what is in the kingdom of God? You know, things like things like this. This is a part of the kingdom of God the gathering of the believers together to worship, to serve, to give, to to do the things that we do. That's in the kingdom of God. So, you know, we would ask the question, is that first? Or is it a squeeze in? Is it if I have time? And I know you might, if you're thinking, Pastor, you're talking to the Wednesday night crowd. We're the best people in the church. (laughs) Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. (laughs) I know, but I'm just saying what's in my heart. So we all need to hear this. I need to hear this. You know, we, in the kingdom of God, so I've got to get my I've got to take care of family. You know how many people foot their family way ahead of church? And they say, well, God's first in my life, just not church. I don't separate those things that far. No, I don't make it synonymous with if I'm really serving God, then I have to, you know, I have to be at some kind of church activity seven days a week. No, that's that's some it's moved in some kind of bondage and, and law and something like that if you do that kind of stuff. But I'm not separating what God does from who He is. Okay, my prayer life got to take priority. My, my obedience to Him has got to take priority. These are all the things that pull everything else. Whenever I set them aside, prayers just a last thing in my life. Going to church, it's when I have time. You know, uh, it 's kind of like a lot of people plan their calendars uh, we 're constantly planning calendars around here and you know what're going we're we, we look at our personal calendar, church calendar, all that kind of stuff and these things have to have to work together. Many times people only think about their future and their their plans or vacations and different trips and they look at their their calendar and they never consider what 's happening in the kingdom. Now this might sound a little bit you know, far-reaching for some, but there's a. Recently, we started promoting the conference that we're doing in in uh, August. We're doing a conference in August, like we did last year. And I, I told the the crew, I said, uh, we don't have all the details yet, but just put it out there, put the dates out there, put it out there early. You know why? Because those who seek first the kingdom of God won't plan their vacations on top of it. Those that don't seek the first, the kingdom of God, they won't give it a second thought. But those who do seek the fir- first, the kingdom of God, they will say, Oh, that's something that's important. That's the kingdom of God. We're going to try to plan around that. Right? Those kind of things. Amen. Let me, ha- let me have you turn to a place. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17, maybe you know this story. Verse 8, this is the life, the life of Elijah, the prophet. Verse 8, and Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now that might seem kind of odd. You have need, and the Lord sends you to a poor lady. (laughs) I need food, I need shelter, I need a nice place to stay. Let me send you to this widow who's, uh, and by the way, there's a drought in the land, so no one's doing really well, I don't think, but uh, uh, I'm sure some people were, but she's poor, she's on her last leg, and the Lord said, "I'm I'm gonna send you there so she can provide for you. That's kind of strange. How many know sometimes the way the Lord does things doesn't calculate? And you might, you might question when the Lord leads you and you say, how in the world could that be the answer? How in the world? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever for me to go do that or be with this person. They, don't, they can't help me. They don't even have the ability to. Well, maybe the Lord is working on multiple things at once. Maybe the way he wants to move you into a position of of provision or blessing or do something in your life is also connected to what he wants to do for someone else. In other words, they have need and you have need, so he's gonna get you together. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. It got need, zero plus zero is like zero. But it's not a zero when, it's, when, it, when the Lord is guiding. And he says, Go here, go see this woman. Well, what is she going to do? You don't have to worry about that. Go see her. That step sets in motion a bunch of what God wants to do. It sets in motion God working in Elijah's life. It also sets in motion something he wants to do for the widow woman. I mean, no, it's not all about us either. Well, I don't see what, why would the Lord tell me to go to that? I don't have any, I don't have any need. Well, it's not about you. Maybe it probably is partially about you, but maybe it's about them. Sometimes the Lord deals with us maybe to do something for someone else or to pray or, or to give something. You know, He deals with us to do things and we start rationalizing and think, well, I'm fine. I don't need to do that. Everything's good in my life. Well, maybe it's not good in someone else's life. By the way, if you ever want to have someone else do something for you when you're in need, do something for them when they're in need. That's called sowing and reaping. Verse 10, so he arose. That's what we should do too. Arise, get off your rear end and do what he says to do. He arose and went to Zarephath and and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going, which is pretty interesting, she's very cooperative right away. She says, okay, she didn't say, why don't you get your own water? <laughs> what is this? You think I'm a hotel? You think, this is no restaurant, get your own water. No, she just got, went up to get it. And, and, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do, do not have bread. Only a handful of flour and a bin, a little oil in a jar. See, I am gathering a couple of sticks that we may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. So if you've ever felt poor, I don't know if you've ever been this poor. <laughs> They're on their last meal. She says, This is it. This is all she wrote. And uh, we're eating it and, and we're about to die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go. And, and that's a good word for all of us. Whenever the Lord deals with us to do something, don't be afraid. When God tells you to do something, you're good. It's going to be okay. Everything's, gonna, everything's provided for. Do not fear, but make me a small cake from it. What's that word? First. That's selfish. <laughs> or is he setting her up to succeed? Yeah. Setting her up setting her up for a miracle. Yes, he's hungry. Yes, he needs cake. You ever been in that position? <laughs> I might need cake right now. <laughs> Make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Again, that doesn't make any sense. There's not enough for three. There's enough for two. Right? For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Hallelujah. <laughs> the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Elijah. So this dude stopping by, asking for water and food, she says, I'm going to do what he says. He said, this is the Lord talking. I'm going to believe that. Now, what evidence is there that, that that's going to happen? There's no physical evidence that that's going to take place. This is a miracle, probably one she's never seen before. Very likely one she's never heard of before. Exactly, exactly like this. What? The oil is just going to keep flowing? What? I'm going to have... It's, How is that going to happen? Right? Couldn't you ask a lot of questions? Wouldn't your mind kind of naturally just go there? Mine would. Okay, I hear that word of the Lord, huh? I don't know how this is going to work. I just know this is my last meal and I'm already hungry. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her husband... And her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor was the jar of, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So one thing leads to another. One situation where one person is told to do something, it results in them being well supplied for many days. For someone else then to be well supplied for many days, God works and connects these things together. What if Elijah didn't follow we didn't go over there? That would have interrupted the whole process. What if when the word of the Lord came she said, I don't believe it. I don't believe in those things. I'm not I don't see how that can happen. I'm not gonna do it. Well, Elijah's hungry till the Lord tells him to go somewhere else, and she and her son They get to salvage their last cake and die, right? And so these things are all connected. But again, the the, the word first is important. You'll find that throughout Scripture that when someone puts what God is telling them to do first uh, in front of everything else, it sets in motion uh, the rest of God's plan. What if she would have said... Okay, we'll, we'll just, we'll make this and we'll give you, we'll eat some of it and give you some of it. We'll give you leftovers. That would have interrupted the process. That's good. Have you ever heard of the word first fruits in the scripture? Probably have. It's used in different contexts. Uh, the word first fruits um, is used, you know, Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with the first fruits. Or honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase, right? First fruits, how many know that's different than second fruits? Someone said, well, that's the tithe. I don't believe it is the tithe because the tithe can't be a first fruits because when you give the tithe, that means you've already received the money. If I receive $100, $10 is a tithe. If I give a first fruits, I don't know how much I'm gonna receive. Because it's first. In other words, I get the $100. I would have to, if the $100 was my first, I'd have to give all of it. Because I don't know if I'm going to receive $200, $1,000, a $1,000,000. I just know what I got first is $100. You understand what I'm talking about? In the Old Testament, because they would often give of their livestock and of their crops, things like that. And so if a cow has a calf, well... How are you going to tithe? <laughs> here, here, here's what I mean by that. If it's a first fruit, you're going to give the first calf, but you don't know how many, cal- how many calves the cow's going to have. So you have no idea what percentage it is. A tithe is a tenth. I don't know if I give that calf. I don't know if that's a tenth. If I take in a crop and the first batch, the first bundle, whatever, Uh, comes in I said that's the first the first fruits of my crop I don't know how many bundles of whatever I'm growing is going to come in so it's not a tithe, the tithe comes in later that's a different kind of offering so it's very much a faith venture to give a first fruit because you don't know what if the cow doesn't have any more calves what if the crop what if the the apple tree doesn't produce any more apples (laughs) but you grab the first one and gave it. You understand what I'm talking about? With God, first involves faith. It takes faith to put God first. It takes faith to put him first in, in church, in finances, in prayer life, in giving to others, in, in serving, in giving up time. You don't know how much time you have. So you give your first to the Lord. Why? Because if I wait, I might not be able to give anything to him. How many people have said later, when I get time, I'll do X. I'll get serious about God. I'll start leading my family. I'll stop with this habit later. I'm going to get to it. And how many people never get to it? How many people run, run out of time? How many people get to the end of their life with regret? How many stories have we heard of people on their deathbed saying, I wish I would have I wish I would have gotten gotten to this. I was going to. It was always my intention to someday get this done, to accomplish this. Amen. But they're out of time. That's why you put God first. Then you never miss out on what's most important. And if it is one of those key items that leads to something else, and so often it is then you get to experience it. But if I wait till the end you know if I give my the last tenth of my you know if my tithe is the last tenth instead of the first tenth well I've missed out on the blessing on the other ninety. If I wait to serve God until later. If I wait to have a prayer life until later. If I wait to do something that's or burning in my heart a vision he gave me some a long time ago, if I wait to do that until later, I keep putting it off, keep putting it off, keep putting it off, I might not ever get to it. But again, I want to reiterate that point. What if, whatever I'm supposed to do, make the cake for the prophet, what if I'm suppo- whatever I'm supposed to do is tied to something else? And that one act sets in motion the great plan of God, for the prophet, for me and my child. Then I most certainly need to get to get, get get to it right away. I most certainly don't want to make light of a small thing like a cup of cold water or making a cake. I don't want to make light of uh, of, of being in a service like this. I, I don't know if you if you ever think this way. I do, and maybe you can help the rest of the, the rest of our church. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. We have, we, have, we have guest speakers and everything on Wednesday night. They all come in and they, they all, the way they speak to me is it's amazing. I said, you guys have such great crowds on Wednesday nights. I don't see that anywhere else in the country. And I think, well, yeah, we do. But in reality, it's a fraction of the church. Even though we you know, uh, mostly fill the place up even on Wednesday nights, it's still only part of the church. How many people don't have time or don't have hunger? And you know, I don't, I don't beat people over the head to do anything. I don't beat people up to say, get to church again. But I sure want people to want it. Anyway, back to my, what I was about to say. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever think this way, but I do. So many times when I've had experiences with God that were life-altering, that were really a, a change of direction or, or something really increased my life, and it happened in a church service, I back up, back up after the fact, and I think, what if I didn't go? What if I wasn't there? Or even just personal times of prayer with the Lord. I think, what if I, what if I watched the show that day instead, instead of doing this? Cause sometimes it's kind of, it's like the Lord sneaks up on you. I remember just a, just a few weeks ago, I'm praying one night, and I'm just barely starting, and I, and I have such strong, and I'm not going to tell you what he said, but I will later. In another time, <laughs> not tonight. But I began to pray. began to pray in the Spirit. And immediately, I, I was like, I have real good unction tonight. Like, it's just flowing out. It's just super strong. I mean, I'm like, glory to God, what's, what's going on here? You know when the Holy Spirit takes hold, of, hold with something. In, you're praying about something really important. And right in the middle of it, I heard something too that I won't tell you now. <laughs> but listen, but that day... I mean, it's common for me to pray at that time, but not 100% of the days. And, and I thought, well, what if I hadn't? I wouldn't have heard something that is really helping me already. I wouldn't have got that. And you could say maybe he would have said it a different time. Maybe he would have. I don't know that for sure. But so many times I think whenever he's moved in my life and I've been helped and I've received and, I've, and something has helped me, I'm thinking, what if I wasn't there? There have been times when I've been able to help other people. And minister and pray for people or, or give them a word or something like that. And I also think, well, what if I wasn't there? What if I wasn't there to give that? Because he sometimes sneaks up on us. And he surprises us. He didn't tell us ahead of time. I'm going to do something powerful tonight. He just does. You know, you've heard me or some of you have heard. Because like that one service we had. Forgive, I don't even remember what year it was now. A handful of years ago where we were closing the service. standing right here. And it was a Wednesday night, just like this. And I said, "Well, let's pray before we go." And as soon as, I said, as, soon as we started praying, the presence of God went all over the place. And I was, it was just, just kind of like we were silent a little bit earlier, kind of quiet, but with the music, it was no music and just silent, not a sound, and it wasn't manufactured. It was awesome. And, in the mid- and I'm standing there, and the Lord starts speaking to me he, from right there, from right there in the middle. Yeah. I told you that night, if you were here, what he said. I, had, I didn't expect that and it's been it's been a a memorable guiding principle word for since that time i think well what if i didn't do that and so i don't mean to get too in our head and be like afraid we're going to miss it cuz the lord's gracious and merciful and i don't want to go overboard in that regard like if i do something wrong oh i've probably blown it already well if you don't know, you don't know. And if you didn't know and didn't do something, then you can say, Lord, have mercy on me and give me grace and bring that back to me again. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had the Lord speak to you and you, you didn't write it down? And then later you thought, ah, that was, that was awesome. I don't even remember what it was now. So I see lots of heads like, yep, done that. Or at night, you're laying in bed and you, you really get something, and you think, Well, I'll write that down in the morning. <laughs> and in the morning, you're going, Oh no. Ah, what was that? I wish it would. So, what's your next prayer? Be merciful to me, oh Lord. <laughs> Seriously, like say that to me again. Would you tell me that again? I should have written that down. I should have valued it more. I was tired. I didn't want to get up. Would you say that to me again? Would you bring that back to my remembrance? Right? And so he is gracious and kind, but I don't think we should just, you know, treat him like we can just do everything on our schedule. I'll get to it. There you go. Your jet skis are pulling your truck again. <laughs> right? We're reversing the order. So let's not do that to him. Let's say everything I have, everything I know to do is is what I'm going to do. If I know it. There, I'm, I'm going to do it. Praise God. Always recognize what must be first. There are some things that people have already done. You've done some things in the proper order, and it's, it's moved your life in the right direction. It has. You, you, I, think, I think probably in, in eternity, we'll be able to see from way up above and see our life and see the key decision points those monumental times in our life where we made choices we obeyed we took a step of faith we prayed we we did what we needed to do and we'll see how God was helping us and guiding us along the way amen and so many of us have gotten to where we are but we're not finished yet and God's not finished with you yet And there are answers He wants you to have. There are things He wants you to understand that you don't understand right now. You have questions about them or you don't know how it works. You don't know how to get from here to there. But if you'll follow His Spirit, He'll lead you and He'll connect relationships together. He'll connect people and it'll help them financially. It'll help them with opportunities. It'll open doors uh, that you wouldn't have opened unless you followed Him all along the way. So don't be don't have fear that he'll leave you out of this equation. Well, he's doing that with a lot of people, and I'm not sure he even knows where I am. He totally knows where you are. He's got your number. He's he he knows your name. Come on, he knows your face. You're important in his li- in, in you're important to him, your life is important to him, and he'll, he'll 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 guide you. So what should I do? Just believe that. Believe that and follow it and say he's first. He's first, his kingdom is first, his plans are first. I'm always going to make the cake first for him <laughs> or whoever he tells you to give the cake to. Not me first, not me and my, my child first. <gasps> oh no, I've got to take care of my child. Well, you need to do what God says to do. Amen. If you do what God says to do, that's not based in fear, it's based in faith and you and your child will be provided for. Amen. So, so you see how, how, how fear can lead us and that just totally interrupts God's plan. I can't do that. Yeah, you can. Amen. One thing leads to another. Each step leads to another thing. Each thing that God tells us to do, leads us to do, takes us forward, takes us in in forward motion, and progress is happening. Every act of obedience today is not only significant for what it contains but is also a preparation for what is tomorrow. Yeah. What I'm doing, even right now in my life, is the real thing. It's not just like a practice session. It's not like, you know, it's like, like in the stock market. People do paper trading until they learn how to not lose money, right? And then once they learn, once they get it, then they invest their real money that they, you know, is, they potentially could lose. That's not what obeying God is. It's not paper trading. <laughs> it's real. It's significant. It's important. And it also, at the very same time, prepares you for the next thing. It also, at the same time, prepares you for tomorrow. What's tomorrow going to be like? depends on what you do today. You understand what I mean? Figuratively, I'm not talking about 24-hour periods, really. I'm talking about what I do in my life today is going to be significant for what, comes, what, what, what there is to come. And the error that we make sometimes is, despi- like I started off with despising small things, and we're only going for the big. I only want the big. No, I want every step that I know about to be right. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Let's do some uh, keys again. Praise God. Father, we thank you for working in here, working in our lives.